0: Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and we're going to start things off with some breaking news. Good morning. I'm Shelby
1: Roberts, and we're beginning your day with some breaking news. As the North Charleston Police Department says it's working an officer-involved shooting. Our Alicia Wimberly joins us live from that scene on Dorchester Road. So Alicia, what else are you seeing out there, and what are they telling you?
2: Shelby, yes. Right now I'm on Dorchester Road and Kent Avenue right near the Marathon gas station where I'm seeing a very active scene. So this active incident I was told by officials is a result of an officer involved shooting. Now let me step out of the way so you can see exactly what I'm looking at. Right now I am counting several police cars on scene. Those police cars have now gone to five, six, seven, eight. I mean I'm seeing multiple of them right now and they've got this road completely blocked off by Dorchester Road and Kent Avenue. Now who is on scene. We do know that North Charleston Police Department, as well as the Charleston County Sheriff's Office, and we also have received word that SLED is working on this active incident as well. Now, you will not be able to get by. They have let everyone know. Officials have sent out. That they don't want any motorists to come by this area. In fact, I'm seeing a car at the moment, and they have to turn around. I saw one again just 10 minutes ago. So for anybody that doesn't really know where this is, if you normally travel on 526 and and you get off on Dorchester, this is going to be the easiest route to get to Rivers Avenue. And if you're like me and you need some places, some landmarks, it's right near the Ritz Bar and Grill, the local cafe. So the easiest way to get around this, if you normally do take 526, maybe get off on Leeds Avenue, take Azalea Drive to get to Rivers Avenue or just keep going on to I-26 because it looks like they're going to be out here for a little while longer. So we will always, of course, update you as soon as we get some more information. But these officers, they're continuing to come and then some are going, but we are seeing more. More and more come rather than leave. So again, if you normally travel this early, go ahead and use that alternative route to get around. We will have more information for you coming up as soon as we get it.
0: Let's have a look at that forecast. Good
1: morning, everyone. Meteorologist Chris Holtzman here. Starting out the day with dense fog, even some rain around, but activity will be ending, especially by late morning as that area of low pressure departs and temperatures for the afternoon with some sunshine. We will be near 70 degrees. So here's your forecast for the day. With some afternoon sunshine, we are looking at improving conditions. So the morning commute plan, a little bit of extra travel time, but there goes that low. You can see that swirl here on future tracker and that is departing the area. We see some sunshine for the afternoon and temperatures once again we were near 70 degrees, so certainly warming up today. Cooler temperatures around the way, though, for the upcoming weekend. Notice highs eventually will be in the 50s, with overnight lows
2: in the 30s. On this date in
0: 1932, Radio City Music Hall opened in New York City. Since its opening, more than 300 million people have gone to the theater to enjoy movies, concerts, and events. On this date in 1822, the French chemist and microbiologist Louis Pasteur was born. He was known for many medical and scientific advancements, including the development of vaccines against anthrax and rabies and the process of pasteurization. On this date in 1968, the first spacecraft to orbit the moon made its way back to Earth and safely splashed down in the Pacific Ocean. Do you know what spacecraft it was? It has a special connection to Charleston. I'll tell you in just a few minutes.
2: You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines.
1: A South Carolina family is getting a large payout after a lawsuit alleging a medical center's negligence in a man's death. That suit claims a nurse at the regional medical center in Orangeburg put Irvin Kenley's catheter in the wrong place, causing his death weeks after his treatment. Kenley was admitted into the center for nausea and abdominal pain. The suit states that the nurse tried to put the catheter into Kenley's external jugular vein, but unknowingly misplaced it into an artery. The family got a $900,000 payout after suing for gross negligence and wrongful death. A New Jersey couple is suing a South Carolina go-kart track for following following an incident involving their daughter while at the Broadway Grand Prix in Myrtle Beach last week. The couple claims their 13-year-old daughter and another driver crashed, causing the teen to be trapped while the go-kart burned. The suit claims that teen is now permanently disfigured and will need years of treatment because of that incident. It accusing the business of failing to inspect and supervise the track. It also says the go-karts did not have adequate fire prevention and emergency systems. Broadway Grand Prix released a statement saying the state's Department of Labor Licensing and Regulation inspected the ride before it was giving authorization to reopen it and per state law the agency inspects the rides daily. The embattled Colleton County Clerk a court clerk who oversaw the trial of convicted murderer Alec Murdoch is facing some new scrutiny over her book in that case. Yesterday, Becky Hill, through her attorneys, admitted to plagiarizing parts of her book Behind the Doors of Justice, the Murdoch Murders. Hill admitted to taking the reporting of a journalist from the BBC and passing it off as her own in that book. Her co-author, Neil Gordon, says the book was unpublished and sales were halted amid the plagiarism accusation. Uh, allegations and a statement Gordon said in part quote as a veteran journalist myself I cannot excuse her behavior nor can I condone it I'd like to apologize to our readers and publicly to the BBC and the reporter and the statement released by Hill's legal team her attorneys say in part quote the pressures of developing additional content under tight time deadlines resulted in Miss Hill taking material written by BBC reporter Holly Hondridge and submitting it to her co-author Neil Gordon as if it were her own words. Miss Hill accepts full responsibility for this unfortunate lapse in judgment, end quote. A federal appeals court has thrown out the conviction of former U.S. Congressman Jeff Fortenberry. The Nebraska Republican was found guilty back in 2022 of three felony charges related to lying to federal authorities about campaign contributions. Fortenberry was charged in Los Angeles, where the investigation was based, but the appeals court decided the correct jurisdiction would have been either Nebraska or Washington, D.C., where the alleged crimes took place. Federal prosecutors could retry the case, but it's unclear whether they will. After a push to allow instant runoff voting in South Carolina, one state representative is speaking out against the highly debated method. Instant runoff voting allows voters to rank candidates in order of preference to eliminate the need of a runoff weeks later. District 116 Representative Matt Lieber says he believes it goes against the American tradition of a single vote per person and could create confusion for voters. Meanwhile, election officials say eliminating runoffs in our state would alleviate a very big strain on them during the election cycles. Right now, there are two bills in state legislature regarding the method, one to prohibit and the other to allow the method. As the Palmetto State gears up for the 2024 presidential primaries, we do want to remind you of a few upcoming deadlines that you'll need to know about if you'd like to participate in voting. The registration deadline for Democratic presidential primaries is Thursday, January 4th. Early voting is from Monday, January 22nd to Friday, February 2nd. You can vote anytime between 8:30 a.m. and 6 p.m. election day, and that's February 3rd. Voting is from, excuse me, voting on election day is February 3rd from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. that day. The deadline for absentee ballot applications is January 23rd, and those are due by 7 p.m. on election day. On the Republican side, the registration deadline is Thursday, January 25th. Early voting is Monday, February 12th through February 22nd, with election day being February 23rd. Voting is also from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. The deadline for an absentee ballot application is February 13th, and those are also due by 7 p.m. on that respective election day. A link to register and polling locations can be found on our website, life 5 newscom Just look under the big red box. Next year, more than 2 billion people globally will be eligible to vote in elections held in dozens of countries, leaving a lot of people wondering about the impact artificial intelligence will have on the outcomes. While the U.S. presidential election might be one of the highest-profile elections, it is not the only consequential contest that's taking place. The seats of world leaders in India, South Africa, England, and more will be up for grabs, and many are worried about deep fakes being used to spread misinformation. Meta, TikTok, and X are all vowing to fight the challenges of AI through fact-checkers, the ability to flag misleading content, and more. But some say it's just not enough as the tech industry continues
0: to cut jobs. The fact that there's been um, such massive job cuts to content moderation teams uh, pretty much across all the big U.S. social media platforms is evidence of the fact that they don't really take it seriously enough. Um, And that will have um, concerning effects in, in the 2024 elections.
1: Artificial intelligence aside, a record year for elections could also prove to be an unprecedented challenge to the electoral process in general.
0: At the beginning of the show, I told you about the first spacecraft to orbit the moon that safely returned to Earth on this day in 1968. If you guessed the Apollo 8, you'd be correct. It was our very own USS Yorktown that went back and picked up the crew and spacecraft from the ocean. Celebrating birthdays today, rocker Haley Williams from Paramore is 34. Actor Jay Ellis turns 41. Actor Timothy Chalamet is 27. And actor John Amos is 83. Thanks so much for joining us for Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. Hope you have a great Wednesday. I'll talk to you tomorrow.